0: So, uh, hey, but who's excited for the word this morning? Who's excited for the word this morning? If you're excited, let's honor the word of God this morning and stand to our feet while we welcome our senior pastor, Jonathan Wilson, to the platform. Come on, church. Thank you, Jacob. How many people love Jacob? Jacob. right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your amazing love and grace. And today, Lord, as we take time to open our hearts, to to hear from you, to hear your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each and every person in this place, whether they're here in this moment, whether they're watching online in their homes, or are going to watch this at a later stage, or listen to the message on a podcast. I pray you, Holy Spirit, would speak to each person. Help us to receive from you, Lord, what you want to say. Direct me, Lord, in all that I say, and help us, Lord, in this time to grow in the grace, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can fulfill our God-given purpose and destiny. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Give our worship team a hand. Thank them for the great job that they do. I hope you're doing well. Uh, We're now, can you believe it, into uh, officially the fall season. We're on the verge of October. Where did this year go? Can anyone tell me? Um, I don't know whether you kind of feel the same way. Uh, but it's just like the last. This year is it's just three months, and it one blink, and it'll be gone, and we'll be into 2022. Who's excited about that? We were saying that in 2020 when we were in that COVID season. Can't wait for 2021. Now can't wait for 2022. And uh, yeah, it's been a been a crazy season. And I uh, was just speaking to a friend in Australia and they you know Australia's been in this huge lockdown and uh, they've suddenly woken up to the fact that they're going to have to live with COVID um, so they're changing their strategy right now which is good and I'm, 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 I'm appreciating that you have to when you go to Australia you have to go into quarantine for two weeks in a, in a hotel that you don't choose they choose for you um, but apparently now that you can quarantine in your home that's kind of making some changes, which is good, so uh, we'll be able to get back there at some stage. All right, here we go. Are you ready for the word? Um, I'm excited, before I say that, I am excited about the Spanish service that we're going to be starting in Santa Ana, and like uh, Jacob said, it's on Thursday evening, and uh, I'm believing that we can can, uh, help. Uh, really connect with some people and help people in that area as we continue to, you know, extend our ministry just from food, giving food and help and practical assistance to, to having a service there. All right, so I want to share this morning and I want to speak this morning on the subject of rebuilding, and I want to read a verse from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 12. And this is what God says through the prophet Isaiah to God's people. Are there any of God's people out there? So God is speaking to you this morning. He's speaking to me this morning. He's speaking to those maybe who don't know him yet, whether you're watching online or you're here, because God wants you to know that he is a restorer of all that has been lost, of all that we have been lost, and he wants to restore to us the very best that he has for us. So in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 12, this is what God says, Your people, that's God's people, will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets, and dwellings. There's three words there that I want to highlight. The first is rebuild, the second is repair, and the third is restore. I want I, I want to encourage you to think about those three words: rebuild, repair, and restore. God is a restorer, and He created us to be restorers. Rebuilding always precedes restoration. And I want to speak today about some principles of rebuilding. I wonder if there's anything in your life or anything in our lives as a church that we need to rebuild. It's not hard to see that we've been through a season where so many of the, uh, so many of the patterns of our lives have been uh, dis- not only disrupted but been dismantled in a sense. Um, right across the world, uh, when it comes to the church, and not just here in California, but I have friends who pastor churches in the Bible Belt where people are more kind of, more kind of, the culture is more kind of church oriented than maybe we are in California. And it's exactly the same there. I've talked to people in Australia, it's the same there. I have friends and family and church pastors that I know in England. It's the same there. In India, in Peru. In Peru, they haven't met in church for 18 months. They've been online. So we've had some changes. There's been some things that have been the enemy has tried to tear down those things and those patterns in our lives that help us to connect with God, to connect with each other. And so... Um, there's some rebuilding that we have to do. And I think all of us would be aware that the things that we have to rebuild, patterns that we have to reestablish, uh, things that we need to repair, things that we need to do to, to, to restore that which is good for our health. And these principles of rebuilding that I want to look at over the coming weeks uh, weeks or however long we're, we're in this, come out of the book of Nehemiah. Um, and I want to talk about principles that I believe that that can apply to any area of our lives, whether it's what I've referred to in terms of the season that we've come through and hopefully that we're emerging out of, whether it's to do with a business that needs to be rebuilt over the last uh, 18 months or the last 20 months or so, there are businesses that have flourished, who would like to wind the clock back and invest in Amazon, who would like to wind the clock back and invest in Zoom. Um, There are businesses that have exploded, but then there are others that have been hurt and have been affected and need to be rebuilt. And so whether it's to do with the season of COVID, whether it's to do with business, whether it's to do with Uh, maybe relationships, whether it's to do with church and church attendance. Our attendance is not what it was before COVID. Has anyone noticed that? Um, And so we have people that are watching online. We have people that are watching at a later stage. We have people that are navigating how to return into in-person services. So we're rebuilding as a church, and these principles apply to us in the process of rebuilding, whether it comes to our finances, rebuilding our finances, and restructuring, and looking at how we can uh, rebuild or repair or restore things that are going to bring health to our finances, whatever project or project it may be, I always get confused between England, Australia, and America, project. Do we say project? We say project. We say project. That's the correct way to say it. They say project in other places. So I want us to look for a moment at the book of Nehemiah, and some of you may have read this book, others may not have read it, some of you may have studied it or be more familiar, but I want to create a setting and I want to then start to look at some principles from here. The setting of Nehemiah is this. The nation of Israel had been taken into captivity. The northern kingdom of Israel, the kingdom had been divided into two under the reign of Solomon's son, uh, Rehoboam. Um, And the northern kingdom of Israel, the ten tribes, had been taken captive by the Assyrians in 721 B.C. And then the southern kingdom of Judah and Benjamin, Later, sometime later in 586, nearly 150 years later in 586 BC, they were taken captive by another nation, the Babylonians. And then the Babylonians took the nation of Judah, who became the Jewish people as we refer to them today, and they were in captivity for 70 years in fulfillment of God's prophetic word to them that Through Jeremiah, they would be held captive for 70 years, and then they would return. And so, the Jewish people are in captivity, and God speaks to a man by the name of Cyrus. Cyrus is a Persian king. He's he's not a worshiper of God, but he has a revelation. And Cyrus says, God has given me a revelation about the Jewish people. And he has instructed me to tell the Jewish people to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and rebuild the city walls. Now, that's an amazing thing because Cyrus was not a follower of God. How many of you know that God is sovereign? And he can work through anyone, including you and me. But here he is working through someone who who is not a believer in the in the sense of a follower of the God of Israel at that time, and yet God speaks through him, God moves through him, to the point where Isaiah, when Isaiah is speaking about him, he refers to him as Cyrus, my shepherd. God says, I am using Cyrus as a shepherd to take my flock and lead them back to Israel. So the good news is that even in the midst of, Uh, of all that's going on in our world that seems to be out of control, that God can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. I believe that even now in this season, God is using this season to fulfill his purpose. And that his kingdom will come, his will will be done, and that God can work through anybody. That's why we should pray for those in leadership. We should pray for those in authority regarding of what political party they may be that God will somehow use them to fulfill his purpose. So Cyrus, God speaks to Cyrus. So some of the Israelites returned to Jerusalem to start to rebuild the temple under the man by the name of Zerubbabel. I've said before you can always remember who it was because Zerubbabel went back to rebuild the rubbabel. And he rebuilt the temple. He went back to rebuild the temple and begin the rebuilding of the temple. And then some decades later, some time later, Ezra went back to establish spiritual worship. That was the second phase of the return. And then the third phase of return that took place decades later was Nehemiah, who goes to rebuild the city walls. So here's the... The picture, Ezra goes back to rebuild the temple, no, sorry, Zerubbabel goes back to rebuild the temple, Ezra establishes worship, and then Nehemiah goes back to rebuild the walls. Does that all make sense? That's the very opposite of how you and I would do it. You and I would go back and we would rebuild the walls first. Why would we rebuild the walls first? Because the walls give us protection. The walls protect us from the enemy. But God says, no, I want you to go and reestablish the temple. I want you to reestablish the worship and then rebuild the walls. And that gives to us a pattern of how God works in our lives from the inside out. God works in our heart and our spirit first. And then from there, he works in rebuilding The things in our lives and the patterns in our lives and our behavior. How many of you know that Christianity is not behavior modification? Thank God for that. How many have tried behavior modification and it doesn't work? Thank God that we can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit at work on the inside of us. And so God begins to work on the inside, from the inside out. Christianity is the inside-out, upside-down, back-to-front religion or faith rather than religion. Inside-out, back-to-front, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Um, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Inside-out, back-to-front, upside-down. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be all exalted. There's a whole other series And there's a whole other teaching in there. Our faith is the inside-out, back-to-front, upside-down faith. And so it gives us a pattern. It gives us an example of how God works in our lives. When we work on our spirit life, when we work on the spirit man or the spirit woman, it impacts every other area of our lives. So here here is the pattern. Now... We're getting to Nehemiah. Nehemiah comes back and he is comes back to rebuild the city walls. So Nehemiah at the time was in uh, Persia, and he was in, he was the king, Artaxerxes cupbearer. And he gets news from Jerusalem. And I want to read this passage of scripture to you from Nehemiah chapter 1. He gets news from Jerusalem that the people of God are not doing well. uh, And the city walls are broken down. And the gates are burned with fire. So let's get to that Nehemiah chapter 1. Um, So... Some visitors come back, some people return from Judah, and he inquires of them how things are going in Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3, they said to me, things are not going well. There's a, a thought. Things are not going well. Things have not been going well. We all have to agree there. There's a starting point. Because what I want to talk about today specifically is the the first key to rebuilding, the first key to repairing, the first key to restoration is inspect the damage. Evaluation. Evaluation has to precede Rebuilding, repairing, and restoration. So they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been turned down, and the city and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When Nehemiah hears this, he is extremely upset. And distressed. And it goes on to say, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And then he goes on to say, to pray to God, remember God, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them back to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So God, Nehemiah, reminds God of his promises in prayer. Can I encourage you today when it comes to rebuilding? When it comes to uh, repairing, when it comes to restoring, remind God of His promises. Now you say, well, God doesn't forget. No, He doesn't forget, but He does love it when we remind Him of His promises. Because when we remind Him of His promises, we are communicating to God that we are aligning ourselves with his word and with his promises. Remind God about his promises of faithfulness. If you have sown in any area of your life, whether you've sown your time, whether you've sown your gifts in helping others or in serving in the house of God, whether you've given finances and you've sown finances, your tithe, your offerings into the house of God, God has, there are promises attached to sowing. The Word of God says, as you sow, so shall you reap. And so we can remind God of his promises. God, your word says. And when we remind God of his promises, we are aligning ourselves with his word. So can I encourage you? Remind God of his promises for your life that you are believing God for and God promises that he will do that which he said. So as a result, the king Artaxerxes notices that Nehemiah is downcast. His disposition is downcast. And so he says to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, what's what's the trouble? What's your problem? And so Nehemiah tells him, and Artaxerxes uh, empowers him to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city walls. So Nehemiah sends him, he equips him, he sends him back to rebuild the city walls. And so Nehemiah goes back. And uh, when he returns, he goes to the city without a whole lot of hoo ha, without a whole lot of hoopla he doesn't make a big splash when he returns. He goes back quietly. And when he goes back, the first thing he does is he inspects the damage. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you inspected the damage? Evaluated where you're at because evaluation always precedes restoration we have to evaluate before we rebuild and so this is what we read here and uh, i i'm just going to begin the first part there's three things that i want to talk about when it comes to inspecting the damage this is part 1 next week will be part 2 same time same place Same channel. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 2, 11 to 16. So I came to Jerusalem, and I was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. He was riding on a donkey. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent wall and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were burned by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned." And the officials, that's the officials of the city, did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. So Nehemiah is doing this kind of secretly. He's not making a big show about what he's doing. He's doing it uh, very carefully, carefully very thoughtfully, and very methodically. Evaluation of where we are when it comes to rebuilding, whatever it is we want to rebuild, is so important. If we're going to begin to reestablish those things in our lives, that are going to help us rebuild whatever it may be. And it's interesting to note that Nehemiah didn't do anything for three days. How important it is sometimes that we think before we speak. It helps because we've all got foot-in-mouth disease. We all put our foot in our mouth. We all say things before before we think. How, how, how important it is that we, we, we kind of hold fire on some things that we want to put into action or until we've waited and we've thought and we've been, we've been purposeful in what we've done because we've taken time to look at the situation from every angle. And so Nehemiah goes out. He goes out in the night... We're going to get into some of this detail, you know, maybe next week, but he goes out in the night and he goes around the city in the night on a donkey, all around the city. What's he doing? He's looking at the damage from every angle. And if we're going to rebuild, we need to look at what is broken in our lives what needs to be restored, repaired, or rebuilt. And we need to look at it from every angle. Because the walls and the gates, just as the temple is symbolic of our spirit, the walls are symbolic of the structure of our lives. And when the structure gets broken down, we become vulnerable Healthy structures. How many of you know that healthy structures are important in our lives? We all know if you want to be healthy, eat healthy. If we want to be healthy, we need to exercise. If we we want to have spiritual health and strength, we need to take time to get into God's Word. We can't just absorb it by assimilation. I can't just hold this book. And expect that all that truth is going to supernaturally be transferred through my hand into my heart. No, I've got to open it. I've got to read it. I've got to absorb it. I have to assimilate it. And so those structures, healthy structures, the walls speak of the structures that have been broken down. We need to take time. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the structures of our lives. I've always said that the church and the gathering of God's people is fundamentally important to our spiritual health. And I understand and I respect that everyone has a different perspective. Whether during this COVID season, some people have wanted to wear masks in church. If you want to wear a mask in church, absolutely, that is your freedom to do so we've we've done everything we can to make sure that we've created as safe an environment as possible some people have want to continue to watch church online and we respect that and we make that available and our reach has been extended as a result of that which is great there are people on other in other parts of America and Australia and the UK and other parts of the world that are watching our service so All of those things. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, the gathering of God's people is fundamentally important. And I love the Apostles' Creed out there. And the Apostles' Creed, which has been quoted for 2,000 years, and part of that is, I believe, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic or universal church, the communion of saints, the gathering of saints, the forgiveness of sins. The life everlasting, the judgment of the dead, the resurrection of the dead, and the life everlasting. I believe in the communion of the saints. And so the enemy wants to destroy the structure of the church as we have known it. He wants to pull that down. Jesus said the enemy came to do what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy And so, the structure of the church and the gathering of the saints right across the world needs to be repaired. It needs to be rebuilt and it needs to be restored. And the good news is it will be. But it's just taking a bit longer than we had hoped. (laughs) That structure is fundamentally important. So we need to, rather than just go along with the status quo and whatever it may be, all of us need to evaluate our, and approach it, look at, the, look at the subject from every angle. So whether it's attending church and what we feel comfortable with, what we don't feel comfortable with, I mean, let's not, for goodness sake and I'm saying this in the right way, go, well, I stopped going to church during COVID, so I'm never going to go to church again when COVID's ancient history. Any, anyone know what I'm talking about? No. That was a season. It was a season that we're coming out of. And so we're looking at it. How do I look at it? How do I approach it myself? And every individual needs to do that. So whether it's COVID, whether it's Church, whether it's any, any other thing, let's evaluate what we're trying to rebuild, but let's take time to look at it from every single angle. And that's what Nehemiah did. He went out in the night with just a few people and he looked at the damage. He inspected the damage from every single angle. I'm going to ask the worship team to come now, and I'm going to continue this next week to look at three ways that we can evaluate what needs to be rebuilt, restored, uh, what needs to be rebuilt, repaired, and restored in our lives, but I, I hope that what I can leave you with is... This sense that there are things in our lives that have been disrupted, pulled down, uh, that we have no longer, that, that have, have become broken down at times, things that maybe were established that have been destroyed or even in rubble, but it's time. To rebuild and whatever it may be as I said I use the example of church because it's a very evident example that is a common problem right across the church universal doesn't matter which country you go to it's the same same challenge and the same issue the enemy came to kill to steal and destroy but God still has a purpose Jesus said I will build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail against it so whether it's church whether it's your business whether it's your whether it's relationships whether it's the patterns of your life that you need to re-establish i talked last week about the 75 day challenge and how over covid season i got into cooking and eating and eating, and so I had to reestablish some patterns in my life. I had to change my eating habits. I had to exercise more. I had to restore and rebuild what had become broken down over a period of time, and I'm feeling better for it. I'm feeling healthier, for. but I needed to look at my situation. And whether it's our health, whether it's our business, whether it's church, whether it's relationships, whether it's finances, let's remember God wants to help us rebuild what's been broken down. Because Jesus came to give us life that we might have it more abundantly. But it begins with us evaluating our situation. Can I encourage you this week? Take a moment in the stillness of the night, maybe like Nehemiah did. Take a moment and ask God, what, what in my life has not just been disrupted, but, but has, has been maybe marginalized, maybe even broken down that I need to reestablish? And take a moment to step outside yourself and take a look at yourself that we can step outside ourselves and take a look at ourselves okay jonathan i'm going to examine i'm going to take a look at your life i'm speaking to myself jonathan from every angle i just got this crazy thought some people when it comes to photographs, I remember one, I won't mention him by name, but someone who was a very famous singer who only wanted one angle. A photograph could only be taken from one angle. He, he would refuse to allow a photograph to be published from another angle. Well, we can't live life like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't want you to see me from that angle because I don't like it. Let, let's make sure that every angle is a good angle. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you look at my life, every angle is a good angle. Hey, you know, my heart, my, my, my spirit, my attitude, my, my engagement, my connection, my, my care, my concern, my love, my, my, my interaction with my world. That you, I can look at my life from every angle and say, hey, Jonathan, I'm, I'm doing an assessment whether you like it or not. I'm doing a spiritual assessment. I'm doing an emotional assessment. I'm doing a physical assessment. Just like Nehemiah did. And he waited three days. Don't make a big hoopla about it. Don't say, hey, I'm going to lose 25 pounds in the next week. Because whenever I do that, I fall flat on my face. Just do it. Make a decision. You and the Holy Spirit. You and God. Maybe you and your your husband or your wife, someone close to you, would you stand with me? Can I pray with you today? Nehemiah said to those afterwards, and we'll get into this, he said, who is, who is there among you who will arise with me and help me build? And in 52 days, they rebuilt the city walls. 52 days. They rebuilt the city walls and rebuilt the gates. We can do it. In our own lives, 52 days. That's better than the 75-day challenge. The 52-day challenge. Maybe you can have a personal 52-day challenge. In 52 days, I'm going to rebuild the walls. In 52 days, I'm going to reestablish the gates. What do the gates speak about? Authority. I'm going to have authority over my mind. I'm going to have authority over my heart. Authority over my attitudes. Father God, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for your great love we thank you for your word we thank you Holy Spirit that with you at work in our lives working from the inside working from our spirit that we can be transformed and we can be changed from one degree of glory to another that you can help us to reestablish healthy patterns In our lives spiritually emotionally physically that you can empower us God that you can open our eyes that the eyes of our understanding might be opened that we might be able to see what it is that we need to change what it is that we need to to address to rebuild to repair so that we can be restored Today, I thank you, Lord, that you declared that we would be restorers of the broken walls, that we would rebuild houses for people to dwell in, because you created us in your image to not only be restored, but to be restorers of the broken world around about us. Help us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I want to close just with these, with one thing. If you're here today or you're watching online and you have never ever invited Jesus to come into your life, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, today we want to give you an opportunity to do that. You say, well, how do I do that? All that we have to do is to accept what Christ did for us when he hung on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago he took his our sins upon himself so that our sins could be forgiven not through our effort but through his finished work and when he said it is finished on the cross it means that he did everything necessary for us to be forgiven for us to be saved And all we have to do is to accept his forgiveness. And God tells us, Jesus tells us, we will be born again. We will be forgiven. Our spirit will be awakened. Our spirit will come alive to God. We'll be born again as a new creation in Christ. Forgiven. He'll put his spirit in us. He'll help us to live our life knowing God's presence, knowing God's power. And he wants to do that for each and every one of us. And if you've never done that before, all you have to do is say yes today. And I'm going to invite you to do that by praying this prayer with me. Would you pray this with me? And if you do, and you pray it from your heart, I know God will answer your prayer. And you'll know what it is to be born again to be his child to be his daughter his son let's pray together heavenly father i come to you today in the name of jesus and i ask you to forgive me thank you jesus for what you did for me i receive the gift of salvation the gift of forgiveness and i believe today that I am forgiven. I have a new start, a fresh beginning. I have received the gift of eternal life and of your Spirit, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise? If you prayed that prayer, whether it's you're watching online or you're here, we'd love to give you a book called Following Jesus and invite you to a group that meets for about 40 minutes at 9.15 every Sunday in uh, one of our rooms here, our multi-purpose room. Grab a cup of coffee, come and discover how you can follow Jesus, learn some of the fundamentals of what it is to be uh, a, a follower of Christ. We'd love you to join us, to be a part of that. And, uh, it will be a great way for you to be established in your faith. Make sure you tell someone about the decision that you've made and be a part of a family, a church community that can help you grow and encourage you. And we want to be able to do that for you and with you. All right. Our team are going to play something in a moment. We're going to go out have a, for a baptismal service and uh, grab a cup of coffee. If you're visiting, have a coffee on us. I will tell you, it's one of the best that you'll have in Orange County. So no pressure, William, but. um, And uh, it's a great cup of coffee. I highly recommend the Flat White. Um, But I wanna pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every person here, in person or watching online. I pray for your grace, your favor, your love to surround each and every one. And Lord, may we know in our hearts, your spirit at work, helping us to rebuild, helping us to repair, helping us to restore. And today we honor you, we worship you, we thank you Lord. And Lord, for those that are sick, may they know healing. May, for those that are in need, may you meet each one at their point of need. And may you move and work supernaturally in every person's life. And I pray that you would bless, keep, and make your face to shine upon each and every one. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Can't wait to see you next weekend. We'll continue along the same theme then.